Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Riffing with Clintus. We're continuing our talks with friends of mine, content creators, and overall awesome people. And this week, I have the one, the only, I have the true Vanguard. What's up, buddy? How are you doing today? Hey, doing fantastic. Yourself, my friend? I am fantastic. I am absolutely loving uh, Destiny right now. I, I, it's, it's been hard to like put it down and walk away. I hear you. I, I always say the best time, uh, the best destiny is right after an up, up uh, an update, and we have like power to chase, weapons to chase, armor to chase, new activities. It's just like it's almost overwhelming, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You sort of have to make a checklist of things that you need to check off every day. Yeah, yeah. I get we, my powerful drops here and powerful drops here. I want to, I want to get a god roll on this one, so I'll probably farm this for a little bit. Yeah, it's good. I, I the first question I want to ask you is you're you're primarily a pvp player right that's your that's your majority of your content that you that you are known for i would put, put it that way mm -hmm. where do you like with, with a new update like this when shadow keep comes out what is your normal like process for um jumping into new content um or do you typically you know play the story campaign and kind of explore everything or do you kind of dabble a little bit and go right back into pvp because you want you know get a feeling for that it's talked about talk us through that a little bit like how how did, what is your new new destiny uh expansion experience like yeah well, when new Destiny content comes out, I I exhaust all PVE content first. And then I go back into my regular routine with PvP. And and then when reset happens, I'll do my raids and stuff like that. Uh, PvE is sort of like your veggies. You know, you can't have your meat without eating your veggies. Yeah, you got to get your veggies done. So, uh, But I am a bit of a... I mean, I'm still a Destiny nerd. I love the story. I love the lore. Uh, I don't watch YouTube videos. I just don't because I'm... I'm editing, I'm uploading. I just don't think about going there to view content, except I watch lore videos for Destiny. I love the story. I watch Bife, I watch Mylan. So I think it's easy uh, for people to think of me as just a PvP guy. Like, that's my only interest, but it's not. Uh, I really do love getting involved in the, the universe, the world of Destiny, and uh, participating with my fellow friends and guardians and knocking out our PvE activities. The, uh, the new Nightfalls uh, are fun and challenging. I enjoy those activities. The new raid is fantastic. I've got, uh, well, like seven clears on it so far. And nice. looking forward to jumping back into it and farming for some more god rolls. Like, I love playing the PvE content, and I exhaust all of that first before I get back to my regular, mostly PvP routine. Okay. So, okay. So, very similar. I, I definitely, as a gamer, I love PvP the most. That's my favorite. Mm -hmm. Like for years, all I ever played was just whatever Call of Duty was out, and I just played multiplayer. And you know, yeah. year after year was just the new COD. And then when Destiny came out, that's when I started to kind of like get back into PvE. Because at, at towards the last couple of CODs, I didn't even play the campaigns. I just went straight to multiplayer and just played multiplayer. Um, mm -hmm. So as a gamer, I definitely gravitate towards more PvP. I mean, I love like games like Overwatch and Rainbow Six Siege, and you know, a lot of the BRs, but um, but destiny being that this all encompassing world, I, I tend as a, as a streamer and a content creator, I dabble more with the PVE just cause I like talking to chat and I like having interactions and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very similar jump into the PVE content, play the story campaign, kind of try everything out and get a feel for what it is. And then I kind of wait to hear what, you know, people such as yourself talk about like, Oh, this gun, this role. And I'm always hunting for PVP roles. I don't very rarely do I hunt for PVE roles. Cause I just kind of feel like. Yeah, there's optimi optimized loadouts, but you can pretty much use whatever, you know, like it yeah. doesn't have to be sure. 
pinpoint. Whereas PVP, like every little um, advantage that I can get in PVP, I'm all for it, right? So I'm always like, yeah, your one of your videos comes out about this role on this gun. I'm like, oh, all right, let's see what I got to farm for now, you know? Sure. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So so uh, you've got seven raid clears. Damn. I think I have. Uh, I think I have two clears. No, I have one clear. I only have one clear. But I've I've gone okay. in I've gone in like two or three times and gotten like multiple drops you know to a certain point yeah but I think I only have one yeah one clear so far but the fact that it's only one of what is it four ways to get above nine fifty like in your armor like yeah. I feel like it's more important to raid than ever like to get a raid Absolutely. team going and I keep telling people you know I think that people are really intimidated by the raid activities uh, a lot of people who are casual gamers they think okay well my gaming time is really my me time I don't want to talk to people I don't want to look at anybody talk to anybody interact with anybody I just want to veg out and play and so uh, because of that approach to gaming that they've had for so long the idea of raiding with people can be a little bit daunting and uh, I keep telling people with this raid especially there's the loot is in my opinion better than any raid in Destiny 2 the, the weapons uh, in the pool there with the unique perk combinations they can get, it's just the best raid loot we've ever had in Destiny 2. So I encourage people to try it. And this raid is not, in, in my opinion, it's not difficult. Like even at a lower power level, you can clear all the activities. It's just mechanic heavy. So it's just a matter of getting some people together. And there's a lot of people looking for groups on the LFG sites, uh, even on Bungie.net, Reddit, etc. And you can find groups of people who are committed to just having a casual conversation and learning a specific role. And, you know, you can just say, hey, you guys want to bang out the first encounter? You could get the bow or the fusion rifle. And then you can go pursue the, the chest that's just after it, the hidden chest that's literally five minutes of gameplay down the road without any other bosses to fight. You can bang that out with a group pretty easily if you're committed to learning that first encounter. And then you could literally just say, hey, that was fun, guys. We got a raid drop, and then we got I got a piece of armor and a mod out of that chest. That was uh, that felt pretty rewarding. You guys want to do this again next week? You can bang out the next encounter. Watch a guide on it. It's really, if everybody knows how it works, this raid is really not all that difficult. I feel like that's been the last couple of raids. Like once the mechanics are kind of out there, like hey, this is how you do each encounter. Because like up until like maybe the first week or two, people are still trying to figure it out. Like they think mm -hmm. they know. Like, oh, you do this, this, and this, and then you realize, oh, no, actually, you just do this and this. This extra thing was just, like, it just happened to work in the same instance, right? right. Like, I remember Crown of Sorrows, like, when that first raid was coming out, like, we thought we all knew the mechanics, and it was like, actually, this is how this works, and this is what this means. And you're like, oh, okay, like... That's a lot more simple, yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? And, you know, what took us a couple of hours to, com to complete, now you can complete in, like, 45 minutes or, yeah. or whatever, uh, especially with power. As, as you climb in power, you, it becomes a lot easier as well. But to your point... Even power, I was telling somebody in chat today, like they're at 920, like, yeah, I want to do a raid, but I'm only 920. Like, oh, you're fine. Like you, if you have a team of, you know, uh, of anywhere from 920 to 940s or even beyond because of the artifact, um, you're fine. 920 is totally enough to get through the first couple encounters. And then even if you're the lowest man, you know, in the, in the boss fight, like you'll be fine. Uh, you can still be useful. Yeah, exactly. The hardest part is finding those five other individuals to raid with. And I'm like, there's LFGs, there's, uh, forums. I mean, hell, I said, go to my discord. Like we have LFG channels in there and people are, you know, just always looking for people to play with um, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. But yeah, I agree. I think this raid is the most beautiful raid they've ever made. Um, I'm a big fan of, you know, vegetation and Venus is my favorite planet in destiny one. The Vex are my favorite uh, enemies in the destiny universe. Um, the armor set is, is, a uh, is modeled after the uh, season of Osiris, which was my favorite armor set 
in all of Destiny 2. So the fact that it's like a modification, modified version of that with like the ornaments and stuff like that, like I'm a, mm-hmm. I want all the armor, I want all the guns. And so uh, usually I run a raid maybe three or four times. And then it's like the only thing I care about is like the exotic at the end. Yeah. Um, but there's no exotic in, in the raid. It's the divinity, which is like a quest alongside the raid. Is that correct? Sure. Yeah, you do have to do the whole raid to get it. But it's just a checklist of activities. You don't have to cross your fingers and hope 25 clears, 30 clears in that it's going to drop. Right, exactly. And that, and that, that's the only, again, that was the only reason why I would write, all right, let's go run last wish. Cause I don't have a thousand voices yet, you know? Mm-hmm. And at this point, anarchy is the only one I have left. So scourge. Of the past Same is- man. <laughs> I got like 30 clears. It just does not drop for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's the only raid of the old that I, Oh, that I don't have accuracy either. So I never finished accuracy and got that shotgun from mm-hmm. Leviathan. So that's on my list that's of right. like eventual to do's. Sure. Cause I hear you can get mods from the old raids, right? Like, is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, once you re now that you if you retroactively go back in, uh, raids are still relevant because uh, a like you get taken armaments right that can be really really helpful in the strikes and it's uh, you know some of the nightfalls like especially if you're doing the challenging nightfalls and if you get a uh, you know a taken oriented one this can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, the raid armor now drops 2.0 and it's pinnacle activity, so it can be up to 66, um, you know, stat roll on that armor. And uh, also, you reacquire it as an option to make your armor. Maybe you've got a better roll on a different piece of armor, but you want it to look like the the Last Wish armor. You really love the lot. You can do that if you go back in your raid. You get that armor drops. Um, you know, it's it's then back in your sort of ornament pool for your transmog. Oh yeah, that's a good point. I, re- I forgot about that because uh, I guess that's the thing too. Is like not all armor is it can be converted into an ornament. It's just like certain activities. Like I love the uh, the um, Escalation Protocol armor. I really want uh, a set of that to, but that I don't think that's an ornament. So it's like, you have to get the good rolls on that armor. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you want, I, that's actually on my list of things to do is I want to get some escalation protocol armor because in 2.0, because I love, love the way that armor looks. Yep. Yeah. And then also like, that's a question that no, no one's been able to answer for me. So if you, if you know this great, um, if not, I'm still looking for an answer, but like, is it still like the way it was last year where you only get one piece per week or is it farmable where you can like keep opening the, the chest and get a, a helmet and, or a glove mm-hmm. or dudes. I don't know if anyone knows that yet. I couldn't tell you definitively, but to my knowledge, the system never changed. So it's on a rotation. So whatever the armor piece is for this week, you go through all the way to the end and open the chest, you'll get it. But, uh, I don't, I, I again, don't take my word for it, but as far as I know, nothing has changed. I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping it's farmable um, because obviously when Escalation Protocol first came out, uh, there was no random rolls either. Like the armor came out, it was static. That was the roll. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping now that we have random rolls and 2.0, um, I'm hoping it's farmable because I'd be because again, I'd love to get a full uh, warlock set and rock that with like decent stats and like have that as like my PVP set or something like that. You know, like that's yeah, that's my goal is to have like a PVP loadout and then uh, you know a PVE loadout and then a couple different flavors of. Because uh, you need the elementals for like certain, you know, certain reloads and, and yeah, to, to be optimized, right. to be optimized. Yeah. So, so um, Iron Banner this week, you looking forward to that? You know, I actually am. Um, I am typically not an Iron Banner fan. Typically not really. I usually avoid it. But uh, this time around, I'm going to do it because I think the armor looks pretty clean. And I would like, especially that Warlock set. I think the Warlock and the Titan set I'll go for. The hunter said I'm not that crazy about. 
and I probably won't spend enough time in Iron Banner to get three full sets this time around. But, uh, but yeah, definitely looking to get at least that Warlock set. Looks very clean. I agreed. I think all three sets are pretty solid choices, even with that shader too. That, that like white and silver shader no, they're yeah. going with this season, um, and the fact that those are those will be ornaments. All the old ornaments work, um, and uh, and again, a pinnacle activity that you can get above nine fifty drops. So one of the mm-hmm. things I've been like focusing on is I just hit nine fifty um, on on one of my characters today. I was focused on my warlock as my main, like making sure that every slot was nine fifty, so that whatever drops I get from Iron Banner will always be that plus one. Is kind of my goal and then i can raid and, and continue because i heard the 950s after 950 all the drops are just plus one so you know i've heard some interesting stuff that i would i'd love to see some raw data behind but i heard uh mtash swears by this he says that once you hit 950 not like plus the artifact bonus but like your your baseline without the artifact is up to 950 he said, once you get to that point, exotic armor drops like crazy. Like the exotic drop rate is way higher. So, for example, I did a, a, a solid session with him the other day where he had eight exotic drops in our time playing together, and I had none. Wow. Like drop, like engrams that drop on the ground, right? Um, that are exotic. And he's like, well, got another one. And I see it in the feed. Oh, got another one. There it is in the feed. And I'm like, what? How? Like, what? What are you doing different? And he's like, I swear, once you hit 950, it's like, it's almost like they anticipated what there's this problem where, and we've already had this problem in the past, where, uh, say, for example, my favorite exotic armor piece for my hunter is the dragon shadow, but I already have it. So that means that when I get exotic drops, um, the system is going to try and give me stuff I don't have. But it's like, maybe I'm not interested in that thing I don't have. Maybe I don't even care about sealed Alhamkara's grabs. What I want is a, is a good roll. On this dragon shadow, that's what I really want. Right. So it's it's really hard to get what you want um, when it comes to exotic armor. And now even with 2.0, like when it does drop, is it even going to be the right element? Like I prefer to use shotguns and pulses when I'm using dragon shadow. But unfortunately, I got a void one to drop. And God knows when the next time I'm going to get one of these to drop is. It could be a year from now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe he's right. And they did that on purpose so that you'll have more options to choose from you're more likely to get what you actually want as far as exotics are concerned that's a great point because i mean that that's that is uh that's a that's a thing right with 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 uh stat rolls you need a and that's why i go back to the escalation protocol i'm hoping now that they say even if like what you said like this week it's 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 class items cool so you can only get a class item but at least you can open that chest multiple times and try to get a good mm-hmm. you know the element type you want or the stats on it that you want um that sort of thing like I'm hoping that's the case because to your point with the exotics, same thing. Exotics are super rare. You only get them every once in a while. There's a lot of exotics in the pool now. And it's like for you to go and try and, you know, get that one, uh, that one piece with that one roll, they need to almost increase the drop rate. So I think that it makes a lot of sense if it's 950 because that's kind of like you're at your end of your grind. Things yeah. slow down. You can only do the pinnacles to get above that. And there's only, what, four pinnacles? It's Raid, Iron Banner... The nightmare hunts and the hundred K nightfall. The, uh, yeah, yeah. So there's only those four. That's a nine eighty nightfall, like that, right? The yeah, the nine eighty. Uh, yeah, I think. Does it, it have to be? Does it have to be nine eighty, or is it just hundred K? I think the hundred K has the tier two. Oh, that's a tier two. It's not even pinnacle. There's a pinnacle one in there somewhere. I, I forget which one it is. I haven't done any of the high end nightfalls yet. That's another thing on my list of things to do. It's but, all about peregrine grease. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, because there's well, 
And then there's a perk in the the last slot, the last uh, tree on the eye of the gate lord that makes it so the arc melees do extra damage. So oh, you do yeah. that on uh, top tree striker with peregrine grease, and you can one hit champion. So as long as their barriers down or whatever, you could just one hit kill champions on the 980 and uh, get them out of the way really quickly. Because that's the thing that sets people back in those in those nightfalls really is dealing with those champions. Yeah. What's your uh, what's your preferred loadout on a warlock? Or for the high end um, nightfalls like that, what would you use? So far with the high end nightfalls, I don't think I've even done my warlock for really? the for the nine eighty. I think I've only done Titan just because it's so easy with the, the right setup. It's like I haven't felt the need to go so back in on farm, my farming the materials with your Titan. Yeah, I got to get those prisms. Mm. See, that's one thing that I haven't I've never done in the past where I like switch classes for certain activities. Like I always roll with my warlock as my main, and that's just what I enjoy playing the most. And then, mm -hmm. like for power grind, I'll switch characters. Or if I'm trying to, you know, I got another opportunity to run a different raid. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll go grab a different kit class because I've already ran it for this one this week. Um, but like a lot of people will tell me that, like they'll like you should you should run a hunter with this for this event, or you should run your titan with this class and this exotic for this event. And I mm -hmm. never I never tend to do that. Uh, one because my other characters usually aren't all the way powered up and two because i don't play them enough i don't have optimal loadouts right i don't have the armor that mm -hmm. i need in fact i just got one-eyed mask this week from zur yeah <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have one i never had it and uh, sure didn't get it last time he sold it uh nope everyone was like, Dude, a, you got it. i was out of town i think so yeah he had the enhanced hand cannon targeting on that one that week oh yeah but so I, I just got it so now now i can feel like i can like oh now i can play pvp on my titan right and actually uh, you know i think they just need to get rid of that thing <laughs> i don't know how, i don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna uh nerf it other than because the problem when you nerf something like that it's like it either is it works like it's supposed to or it just doesn't work and then it's just completely useless like that exotic is no longer <clears throat> that one's a real challenge because in my opinion it's fundamentally flawed um free information to somebody who didn't earn it um, that takes away all of the uh, sort of the prediction and dueling somebody. It gives you all the information in a duel. And, and uh, I, I think there's really no place for that in any competitive environment. If you are given the location, uh, movement direction, et cetera, of your opponent, that's too much information. Um, and it takes, it takes the fun out of dueling, especially for the other person. Because on their end, they're thinking, you know, most people aren't actively looking in the lower left-hand side of their screen to see what debuffs are on them. So they're thinking, oh, I broke line of sight. I'm going to re-challenge from this angle, and he's going to have to guess from which side of this cover I'm going to peek out of. Am I going to be high? Am I going to be low? Left, right, up, down. But all that prediction is out the window. He doesn't need to uh, have any sort of game sense. He's just given the information. So... I think that it's fundamentally flawed. So it is tricky. How are you going to fix it? I think, honestly, if they're going to keep it in the game, they have to retool the way that it works. And uh, it's focused. I think they could, they could keep a focus on sort of that vengeance idea, like this guy shot me, I got to kill him. I think they could keep a focus on that by take away the wall hacks. Oh, make it so that if they are actually visible, if line of sight is there, uh, then they're sort of highlighted, almost like you know a lot of the reticles and the scopes in the game already have this sort of red effect around oh, yeah. a target. It highlights them, so just have it do that, so you know which guy of all these people that you can see is the one that if you kill him, you're going to get the healing on. But take away the wall hacks. Uh, if he breaks line of sight, you don't know where he is, and that's just my opinion on it. 
again, I haven't used it yet. I mean, I've seen, obviously you've seen videos like that. I forget, is it is it the little red star that's the wall hacks? Or do you see like the outline of them? Like, uh, no, it's, it's the, yeah, it's the red star. So it's center mass. You can see where center mass of that person is going at all times when they are marked for vengeance. Do you prefer that versus the hunter, like night stalker blades where you see the outline of their body like, as like a shadow? Um, you prefer one or the other? I think that fundamentally wall hacks, no matter what shape or form they may take, I don't like them. Okay. I think it's too much information. I think that um, Bunchy did a good thing when they took True Sight and knocked it down to what is it, just like three seconds now. Because mm -hmm. uh, I think that, quite frankly, it's, um, it's too much of an advantage to have True Sight um, at all. Three seconds, I think, is... I'm okay with that, I guess, but Either yeah. way, I don't think that either of them are good in a competitive environment. No, it make, makes total sense because, like you said, it takes away a lot of the guessing and the, the, like the opponent's strategy is taken out because, like you mm -hmm. said, they yeah. don't realize that they're marked, so they don't realize they're being looked at. And they're like, oh, I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to flank. I'm going to you know, trick him. And it's like, nope, mm -hmm. he's waiting for it. He's, he's hard scoping right. that. You, you actually get punished for being a good player, and it, it just takes away the, uh, the integrity of dueling in a competitive environment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, have you had a chance to jump in the uh, the solo comp queue yet? Yeah, I got um, so I got to legend in two sittings. Uh, the first sitting, I got up to forty four hundred from zero to forty four hundred just in the solo blitz. Wow! Uh, I decided, well, you know, my buddies are doing their own thing; they're farming PV. Uh, I'm just gonna hop into the solo play, see how it feels, and uh, and it was great. It was just a few hours, you know. I got up to 4,400, and then the next day I hopped back on, and a buddy of mine was on, and we duo queued in the uh, in the regular three three v three comp playlist, and finished that grind out. <clears throat> so I really enjoyed the solo playlist. Um, it was a lot more manageable as a three v three environment to um, offset the deficiencies that you get sometimes with your teammates. Everybody gets bad teammates at times. Uh, it just sort of comes with the territory when you solo queue. But in 4v4, man, it's really hard to offset bad teammates. 3v3, it's a lot more manageable. So, um, you know, we won several matches where both of my teammates are negative, but you can still make it happen. Sure. Um, and so I really enjoyed that. And yeah. you also feel like you're helping them out, too. It's, and I've heard I've heard nothing but good things about it uh, for, for everything you just said. First of all, having a 3v3, it goes back to those early trials days where like one person could clutch up for their team. Yeah. Four players makes it a lot more difficult on both sides, right? Like yeah. not only are you now going against four people instead of three, but then also there's more chances for your teammates to steamroll you as well. You know, the game modes like survival where lives matter you may not die the entire time, but your teammates took all your lives. And it's like the yeah. one time you do die, you're not. Right. You're like, what the? Right. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about that. And I've also heard the same thing. <clears throat> People are climbing all the way to legend, you know, or close to it in the solo queue. Um, I can't wait to get in there. I need one more legend ranking and I'll have the unbroken title. So I'm really excited okay. about getting that this season, especially with the cool. solo queue. Um, so my goal is to go as far as I can solo, just so I can say, yep, I went this far in the solo queue. So you can do too, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm, I would say I'm, I'm just, a, I would say I'm slightly above average, I'm definitely not top tier player. I really enjoy PVP, but I, you know, I just never been a top tier player. So okay. all the times I've played in comp, 
you know, I've done solo and then I get to about, I get about fabled and I'm like, that's when I start to like lose, win, lose, lose, win, you know? And so, uh, without losing too many points, that's usually when I start making phone calls. All right. Who, who, you know, who wants to help me <laughs> who's, get, on? <laughs> who's on deck? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how far I can make it in the solo queue. Cause I think, um, especially now that it's three V three, I think there's a lot more opportunity for someone like myself to have some good matches and, you know, to really kind of shine. Plus, I, they retooled it too. You don't lose as many points, right? Or you don't lose any points until you're fabled. Um, so you hit like a check every time you hit uh, a new like a glory sub rank up. You can't go back down underneath the last one you hit. That's my understanding. I think I'm pretty sure. Um, and you can still, if you play really well, but your team loses, the game might say, "Listen, you played pretty well, so we're not going to punish you too hard. We're only going to make you lose." five glory that's it just you can lose oh, wow. five glory so it's basically nothing it's a drop but you know it's not a big deal um and i do like the system where and there's a lot of pushback that they've had to this um mostly from the higher tiered players but um i like the system where it tries to catapult you to where you belong so when i jumped in to the playlist you know i've been legend every season i've played um and I think the game sort of has a profile for you as the player where it quantifies your true skills. So when I start out at zero glory, it's already got a profile for me and it knows I don't belong at the bottom. So when I win, I'm going to get more points because it's trying to just shove me up to where I belong, where it thinks I belong. That way, I'm ruining fewer players' experiences because quite frankly, if I'm playing at low glory, I'm probably making other people who belong down there not want to play. Sure. So I want to get out of there as soon as possible. And that and the game does try to force you to where you belong. So you can start playing competitive magic quickly. Now, a lot of people don't like that because they're like, they think it cheapens glory. You know, it cheapens, uh, you know, being 5,500. They're like, well, you got there in just a few hours as opposed to having to fight tooth and nail for it previous seasons. Um, and they're like, that shouldn't happen. Personally, I think that Destiny is not a hyper competitive environment. And I think that overly emphasizing that and trying to force that on the on destiny is really contrary to its core identity i think that destiny is best when it's approachable i think that destiny is best when it's taken um in a very sort of fun sort of a way it's a very social game but this isn't a lot of people keep holding it to this standard like it needs to be like halo 3 rank and i think that that's unfair because i don't think that that's true to the identity of destiny i know that there are competitive players out there who would push back on that and I think that there should be an environment for them. But quite frankly, the best place for them, and they're not going to like it, the best place for them is probably private matches, scrimmages, and things like that. And the Glory playlist, is it's never going to be what Halo's, you know, Halo 2, Halo 3 rank system was. And I think that it's unfair to hold it up to that expectation. I, I agree. I um, Again, not in the competitive scene, but know a lot of people that are, follow people on Twitter, you know, watch watch the YouTube videos and stuff like that. Um, I think Destiny, once upon a time, that was, the, that, was that vision of, you know, a, a competitive scene. And then when Destiny 2 launched, it kind of like, okay, that's not the direction that Bungie was going in. Um, you know, there's, there's the private stuff. Like you said, there's the scrims and the sweats and, um, uh, you know, the far cognitions has that whole kind of scene uh, on lockdown. But I think as a game, like you said, fundamentally, it's not in a place to be in competitive just because of the way the game is in general with supers and exotics. Mm -hmm. And 
I mean, the guys that do the scrims and the private stuff, like there's a list of things you can't use. There's things that yeah. you're not, you know, no super, no, no doubled supers or no certain exotics, but that very reason to make it more of a competitive, um, kind of even keel. Cause you got games like call of duty where they have like fixed loadouts, right? Like there's only some, these are the guns. Everyone has the, the same yeah. set of guns and right. a game like destiny, like, I have, you have an exotic that I don't have. You have a gun with a roll that I don't have. You know, there's a, there's a lot mm -hmm. of variables there. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think it's very interesting. Um, it, I'd be very curious to see what happens. I don't know if it's next season or the following season that we're supposed to get a big PVP, you know, something, you know, that kind of hinted at uh, that, you know, the next couple seasons. Cause I mean, honestly, you know, Derek and his team has been quiet for almost a year now. And so, yeah. Uh, there's been hints about trials coming back. Uh, you know, trials of the nine are is gone, but you know, there's been all these little hints hints dropped of like something warmer. You know, Mercury's pretty warm, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But um, cool. I uh, I I'm really loving where Destiny is right now, and I'm really excited about everything that they have going on. So I'm I, I can't wait just to see what this year has in store for us. Same. So I kind of want to shift gears and uh, I want to talk about uh, content creation in general. Uh, you uh -huh. recently made a big announcement and changed platforms for your streaming and you moved to Facebook gaming. How's that going? It's going quite well. Um, you know, it's I've always been the kind of person I love starting from nothing and building up like with RPG games. I always make alternate character after alternate character after alternate character. I love restarting, doing it a different way. And I love that grind. And, um, and this feels a lot like that in a, in a way, you know, I spent several years on Twitch, built, built a great community over there. And I love the people that supported me there. Um, but when Facebook first approached me and they said, you know, we're, we're making moves. We want to be competitors with Twitch in this, uh, in the streaming uh, scene. And, uh, we're looking to get talent on board and they approached me with an offer. And I said, you know, that does sound like fun. Like there's, there's no, and this is no disrespect to any of the destiny the people that streamed to Destiny on Facebook before I got here, but there really wasn't a Destiny scene on Facebook gaming. There, there just there wasn't a real community there, and uh, the idea of of importing my seed community right into Facebook gaming and trying to build off of that it was just it sounded like a fun idea. And you know we're a couple months into it, and I I love it. I really do. It's fun to be excited about growth. And just, just even small growth when your average viewership goes up by 25, 50, 75, and you see that, that growth again, it's, it's fun to be excited about it again. And I am really jazzed about seeing where it goes. I'm right there with you, man. I love of fresh, like fresh new feelings. Like, I mean, even like Twitch, right? We just got off of TwitchCon a couple of weeks ago and they announced a bunch of new um, changes and like just even something as simple as the dashboard being changed. Like I love fresh new Mm -hmm. you know any everything and uh i'm i like change a lot of people don't like change a lot of people are like just you i want the same thing every day i, just, I like the consistency i'm a big fan of like changing it up trying something new um mm -hmm. and so uh yeah i can i can definitely uh, respect those vibes of you're on a new platform you yourself are using a whole new set of tools and and your dashboard's different and how you do things yeah but then you also are getting you know you got your your core your core community that came with you and now you're you're building a whole new community. There's other streamers over there that are, you know are, are probably supporting you and coming in. You got the Facebook team themselves. Um, I, I think it's just an exciting time for anyone, let alone a content creator, to to have a whole, whole fresh new perspective on something. 
Yeah. And are you, yeah, are you finding, are you finding like a, 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 like a new audience there? Like there are people that, that were looking for destiny content. Yeah. So actually the majority of my community over there is new viewers, people that weren't part of my Twitch community. And that's really cool. It's been fun to meet new people to have regulars now that I recognize by name and chat that I never knew before, you know? And uh, I've had a lot of people who uh, they'll come in and they'll be like, man, I've been watching your YouTube videos for years now, but I can never watch your streams because some people it's like Twitch was blocked at work. Um, you know, they don't let us watch Twitch at work, so I couldn't watch or uh, maybe it was my hours, my schedule, whatever. But this is just more convenient for them. They're always on Facebook or Facebook isn't blocked at work. So this is just a lot of new viewership there, meeting a lot of new people. So it's been really fun. That's awesome. That's super cool. And um, so you're still doing you're still doing your YouTube content. Um, mm -hmm. how, on average, how many videos are you putting up a week? Well, with Shadow Keep out, um, that's probably more. I've been now. going. Yeah, I've been going a little bit more aggressive with it. Generally speaking, I try to get about four videos up a week. Um, it's been five to six lately uh, with the Shadow Keep content being around because so much. It's like your potential for growth is so high right after new content drop. And so, so many times I've, I've not taken advantage of those opportunities and I've just kept my normal schedule and I don't really see any significant growth. But meanwhile, I've got friends of mine who are like, man, I've gone really hard these last two weeks and I've seen so much growth because of it. So me and the wife sort of chatted before Shadow Keep dropped well in advance and said, when Shadow Keep drops, this is our schedule, right? We're going to go hard. Um, when so the normal routine is you know i work my normal whatever nine to five um we do dinner we spend our time with the kids the kids go to bed the wife and i hang out for a couple hours before we go to bed or i come down here to do a little bit of editing but we said okay when shadow keep drops as soon as the kids go to bed i'm in the studio and i'm editing videos i'm working on content scheduling content on social media whatever it may be and we're just going to go super hard. And it's like, well, it, it stinks that we're not going to have as much us time, but we'll make up for it. And uh, this is just a, a short season where we go really aggressive on the content and then we can have our us time, uh, you know, later. Oh, that's great. I, that's actually the, that's exactly where I wanted to go next. I'm really curious. Your dad, you've got two kids. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't get to have this conversation with too many dads that are content creator, full-time content creators. Um, yeah. So that's actually the next question I was going to ask anyway. So we'll just go right there. I'm curious what your schedule looks like. What's a normal day look like for you? Um, you know, cause your, your kids are younger. Uh, is your, your son in kindergarten? Yeah. My son is five is in kindergarten now. My daughter's three and, uh, man, I got, I, I'm sure you can echo this, but being a, a full-time content creator and being a dad has so many challenges that a lot of the younger content creators and, uh, content creators that aren't parents don't have. Uh, you know, I've got my friends who are like, you know, we're going to grind this hard and this is when we're going to get online and we're just going to edit for hours and then we'll just jump right back into it. And it's can't do that. Like, I just I can't, um, you know, you got the kids and and um, while it's it might be unfair to the spouse at times, she can be under kids don't understand, you know, they don't see you. And, uh, you know, I even it's already hard enough when they have meltdowns. I can hear them at the top of the steps like, oh, I want to see daddy. I haven't seen them all day. You know, and the wife's like, do you can't go down there right now? Can't go down there. Yeah. And on top of that, like my wife is a she works full time. She's, mm -hmm. she's not a stay at home mom. Uh, so when I do stuff like this and I work later hours and I work longer because of content, it means that she's picking up slack. Like 
you know, she works full time, but then it's like she goes from work to home just to be a full, you know, good to go solo with the kids. And so she's extra exhausted. I'm extra exhausted because I'm doing more work. And, uh, you know, it's it's a real challenge. But, um, you know, we found ways to make it work. And generally speaking, I I do have a pretty manageable schedule. I, I probably work between 50 and 60 hours a week. But um, the time that I sacrifice, um, besides the, the typical nine to five grind, is uh, nighttime. So when the wife goes to bed at 10 o'clock, I'll come down here and I'll just do one to two hours, depending on what I need to knock out uh, of time in the studio. And then I get up early in the morning with the kids, get the kids ready. While my wife gets herself ready, I get the kids ready. And uh, I take my son to the bus stop. She takes the daughter to daycare. And then I get to the grind again, you know. And um, I also squeeze in a little bit of weekend time, but not a lot. So we found uh, our stride with that, you know, and we've, we found ways to make it work. But it does have its own challenges for sure. But we try to sacrifice as few hours where the kids are home as possible. So my time working while the kids are awake at home is very limited. I only have uh, Sunday afternoon for like two hours is the only time out of the whole week where the kids are home and awake and I'm working. Otherwise, if the kids are awake and home, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the same way. Um, and I've been full-time streaming now for um, close to five years, but obviously I've been doing YouTube for much, much longer. And, and that's different mm -hmm. because that is something that you do alongside being with yeah. the family. Like my content, uh, you know, my vlogs are, my family is my content, right? Yeah, um, that's right. So it was very different, a different jarring um, being in this chair, being live for X amount of hours. It worked out pretty good that once the kids went to school, like, okay, that was my time frame, right? Kids go to school, I go to work. I get off before the kids come from school and then it's like, Hey, what, you know, how was your day? And, and it's dinner and that sort of thing. Um, my wife is, is a stay at home mom. Um, when I was able to quit my job almost five years ago, she quit hers mm, about six months later. And so, you know, that's something we also kind of worked out where she's like a glorified taxi, you know, she's picking the kids up, taking, both <laughs> yeah. my kids play sports. My kids are a little bit older. So, Mm -hmm. um, they both play sports. Uh, my daughter doesn't even come home from school till like seven thirty or eight o'clock sometimes because it's just school and then right to sports and right. um, that sort of thing. And, uh, and then my son, it's like, he comes home, but then it's like a couple hours later, back to sports. And, um, and we've learned, we've learned a crock pot, Instapot, man. Those are our, our, oh, yeah. our saving grace. <laughs> <laughs> she makes, makes the meal in the middle of the day and it just kind of sits there all day and then we can eat whenever we're ready. That's right. But, uh, we definitely, you know, uh, as a family, we definitely still like to sit down at the dinner table and, and have dinner to eat with each other as often as we can. Um, yeah. right now it's really difficult because, you know, uh, both kids are playing school volleyball and then my son still has his club basketball. And then as soon as that, those sports end, my daughter goes to club volleyball and his, he starts school basketball. And so it's just this nonstop. So sure. right now we definitely can't sit down, you know, five nights a week and have dinner with each other. So when we do get a night when there's no sports, like my wife lets me know, Hey, Tuesday night, no sports. So, you know, be done. And at a certain times so we can have dinner together. That's about the, the extent of, you know, trying to adjust that. Otherwise I know that my kids who have sports are like, Oh, I can go long today. Cause they're not even going to be home mm -hmm. for X amount of sure. hours. That's but, right. But same story, very similar parallels there where it's like if the kids are in school, that's when it's my time to work. 
kids get home from school and sports and we do a quick catch up on things. And then they, you know, again, they're old enough now. They want to do on their own things anyways. Yeah. You know, one's on FaceTime with her friends and the other one's playing video games with his friends. It's like, I'm cool, dad. Have a nice day. You know, <laughs> I don't envy you. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not ready for that yet. I, I like when they come home and they're excited to see me and they want to hang out and play. Oh no. I, yeah, I definitely get that. Like my, my son, he's still in that mode where he comes home, he, he comes walking in the door here and he's like, dad, check this out. And I'm like, right in the middle uh -huh. of something. I'm like, I'm like, give me, give me 30 seconds. Give me 30 seconds. You know, like I can pause and I'm like, all right, cool. What you got buddy. And you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, there, there's definitely a level of that. I think my daughter more so than anything, she's got, she's lost the excitement of like, guess what dad, you know? Yeah. It's usually like when she went shopping with my, my, my wife and she's like, Hey dad, look what I bought. You know, there's these new uh -huh. things I got, you know, that sort of thing. But, um, so how do you, uh, how do you choose what you're going to make a video on? I'm really curious about this because my gaming side of my YouTube is really kind of taking a back seat to my streaming. Cause I personally love being live more than anything else. I love the conversation that I get out of chat. I love the constant, like never a dull moment, never, never not have something to talk about. I love that aspect of being live. And so because I sit in here and I'll game for four to eight hours a day, I get my gaming fix. I feel like I've talked all the talking points that have been brought up for the day. And mm -hmm. then I don't, when I'm done, I don't have that urge to like, okay, let me hit the record button and like make a video now. Um, what, what, what kind of things from, does it come from your streams and conversations or do you already have like a checklist of things you want to do? How, walk me through like how you come up with some of your video ideas. Yeah. So I've learned um, because I, I've learned that time is precious, waste as little as possible. So my, my rule is when I start my stream at the beginning of the day, I stream that whole day with a video in mind. So when I'm getting my stream set up and I'm looking at Destiny Item Manager, it's okay, well, what weapon am I going to feature today? Because I'm going to make a video on it tonight. Or what loadout, what build, what sort of thing do I want to highlight? Or do I want to talk about something in the game? Like, for example, this morning I had a video go, go live, and it was all about this um, idea that people are concerned about is, are we in like a really campy meta? Is, is Shadow Keep a scout rifle, pulse rifle, sit back, campy meta? <coughs> Pardon me. So the last time I played, I used a scout rifle. You know, and I carried on my stream like I normally would. I engaged my community, had conversations with them, but I'm playing because I have a video in mind that I want to edit later. So that helps me out a lot because before I had that rule, what I found was that I'd get to the end of the day and I'd come down to my studio. I had all this gameplay from uh, that was recorded from my stream session, and I'd sit there for half hour, 45 minutes, sometimes an hour, trying to think about what can I do with this gameplay? So I found that it's just it saves me time. I get more sleep. Um, I have more uploads, a more consistent upload schedule if I stream with a video in mind. So I always make that decision at the beginning of the day so that when I go into editing at the end of the day, I've already got a plan. I've already got gameplay that is relevant to my topic, whatever it may be. Fantastic. I never even thought about that. It, makes, it goes back to, I think, with any good, any good content creation is having a plan and having an idea in mind before you take the next step. Cause then, like you said, every step you take after that, you kind of already have the path lined out for you. Yeah. Oh, I never would have thought about that actually. I guess too, do you, do your, would you say that m like most of your videos are PVP centric? Oh yeah, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly most of my stuff is PVP centric. Um, I have had some, I have some PVE uploads every now and then. Sure. And, or I talk just topical videos where I talk about 
um, you know, what's going on in the Destiny culture and the Destiny scene. Um, but yeah, I, I do prefer to focus on PvP because um, I think when I established my brand early on, I created this expectation from my community that that I would be a PvP-centric person. So my PvE stuff really doesn't get the greatest reception. I've had some gems here and there um, where they'll get you know six-figure viewership, but for the most part, my PvE content is is a waste of my time because for, uh, this is the the one video I always use as an example. But uh, when Last Wish came out, and a lot of people were really struggling with that Shirochi checkpoint uh, on week one because it was a it was a bit of a, a challenge with the power uh, that we were sitting at to get through all those various tiers of that tower with Shirochi, getting the runes correct, making sure you're getting enough damage to move on to the next phase without getting wiped. Uh, so I I spent a whole lot of time on a great raid guide for that encounter with multiple perspectives talking about every individual role, every possible outcome, every combatant you could face, what they'll hit you with. And it was just so detailed and so well done. And the people that watched it gave great feedback. They're like, this is a phenomenal raid guide. Like, this was perfect for my team. We cleared this on our first try after watching this video. Uh, and we had been struggling for hours. And the thing is, that video got like 12,000 views, which for my channel is terrible. And so for my time investment on that video, because I spent three times as much time on that video than I do my PvP videos, but to get a third of the viewership for three times the investment is a terrible, <laughs> terrible uh, dividend to, to you know, reap from that. So I, uh, I, that's sort of my staple for that example. But my PvE content just does not get received well. Even if it's fantastic, that's not what my community wants to see. If they see True Vanguard uploaded a video, cool. And they see that's a PvP video or PvE video, they just won't even click it. They're just not. Nah, 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 nah. um, so they have an expectation for me, and I, I feel like I owe them the content they want for, for sure. Um, I don't want to be a content creator that's always like, well, I'm going to upload whatever I feel like, and you got to deal with it. It's like, nah, that's not really how it works. Like, Coca-Cola doesn't say, we're going to make a soda that you guys hate, but we believe in it, and we're going to put it on the shelves whether you buy it or not. Like, uh-uh, that's not how business works. <laughs> now, you put out the product they want. So my community wants PvP, A, the majority of my content is going to be PvP. I, <laughs> it's funny you say that because I, I struggle with that because like with my, with, with my vlog channel, it's gone through uh, multiple issues with YouTube and YouTube changing their stuff. I'm at the point now with that channel specifically, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to vlog and do what I want. And it is what it is. And like, I've no, I, I know I've lost a big chunk of my viewership and because they want like specific things with the kids. And I'm just kind of like, kids are old. Like, you know, so it's funny you say that because that's exactly, it is true. It's a hundred percent true. Mm -hmm. And like, I have my, I have my moments where I'm like, well, maybe I should make more vlogs like this. Or even on the gaming side, like, you know, people want Fortnite and people want Minecraft. And I'm like, I don't play those games. And I'm like, it's, it's, it's rough because you know the audience wants it. And if I make a video, yeah. it'll kill it. <laughs> but it's like, it's hard to choose where to put your time, like you said, right? Like you, yeah. you want to make that PVE video, but you're like, it's, is it worth my time? Like, yeah, it's always I know too many content creators who are friends of mine who had fantastic communities, great viewership, wonderful metrics, but they burnt themselves out on whatever it was, probably Destiny. They were good friends of mine. I've got a few people that I can think of without naming names who had fantastic Destiny metrics, but they got tired of Destiny. And they're like, I really just want to stream this game that's five years old that I love. 
And they're like, I don't care. If people show up, they show up. If they don't, they don't. And what they did is they killed their brand. You know, it's two, three years after they made that decision, they can't get anywhere close to the numbers they had before they made that decision. And so it's like, I understand that. And I respect that decision to say, this is me and this is what I'm going to do. I totally get that. But the way that I approach it is I have, I have a scheduled gaming nights in my week that are not recorded. They are not streamed. They are for no content whatsoever. It is my time to play my game with my wife or my friends from college. And it has not, has no overlap whatsoever with my brand. And so I get my fix of the games I want to play with the people I want to play. But when I'm working, baby, I'm working. Right. And I, I will make the content. And th there are some days and I know people, there's this stigma, this negative stigma around this idea. And I just don't get it personally. But there are some days where I, I go to work, quote unquote, I go to work, I buckle down, I play Destiny, I do it for six hours, and I, I have little fun. There are days, most days I love Destiny. Most days I love Destiny. But there are days where, you know, you just don't feel like doing it. But you know what? People go to work every day, and some days are a struggle. But the value in work is not necessarily having fun every time you do it. The value in work is bringing your best self even to work you're not passionate about some days and making it the best you can and investing yourself in it the best that you can to make the best product you can. And um, like I said, that is not most days. Most days I love what I do, but there are days where I'm tired. There are days I don't want to play. Them. I would rather play Borderlands 2 even some days. But you know what? This is my job. And I have uh, an obligation to the, my supporters. I have an obligation to my community that they want to see certain things. They want to hear my opinions on certain things. And I'm obligated to give it to them. Why? Because they show up every day, every week. They throw money at my brand. They support it. And, um, and that's what I got to do for them. So I think there's this negative stigma around, well, don't play what you don't like. I hate when streamers force themselves to play stuff they don't like. And I've, I've even seen other streamers rag on people who stay committed to a game they're not overly passionate about just for the metrics. And I, I hate that idea because people got to feed their families. And, you know, it's being a content creator isn't just about being whoever you want to be and playing whatever you want to play. It's about managing a community on one end, and it's about feeding a family on the other and supporting. I, I would much rather play a game I don't want to play and pay for my son's college before he gets there then play a game I want to play and have him to go into debt when he's finishing with his school. You know what I, you know what I mean? That's 100%. sort of my take on it. No, I, dude, you, you, you've, uh, you, man, you touched on a lot of things there that I, I fundamentally agree with. And I, and again, going back to what we said earlier about YouTube, like I struggle sometimes with that because I've been doing this for so long. I feel in some instances that like, yeah, it is what it is. But then with, that very what you said about feeding your family i am the sole provider like like i said my wife's stay at home so i am everything i do is is me uh and i provide everything i every decision i make um and a couple of years ago i decided to diversify and that's when i moved to twitch and uh mm -hmm. last year i started the podcast and i work with a couple of different sponsors and brands and we have a pretty steady flow of, of sponsored content for the for the vlog channel um but yeah i mean it there's a lot of decisions that we have to make on multiple fronts for, like you said, what's, what's good for the business, what's good for myself, what's good for the community. 
But at the end of the day, we made that decision to make this a business and make this our job. Cause I think that's mm -hmm. the other part too, is, is like, you know, we always, we all get into it for fun. We all get into it in the beginning as a hobby, like, Oh, I'm playing video games anyways. I might as well record it or I might as well go live. Right. Yeah. But at this point, 2019, like it is a full fledged business career job path that a lot of people want to pursue. Right. And mm -hmm. like the, the, I think the, the stigma is like, oh, you know, if you if you go into it with, in the, with the mindset of it's, you know, you're doing it for money, you're, you know, you're doing it wrong. And it's like, not necessarily people like know they want to start a restaurant. Like you love to cook. I want to start a restaurant. You're going into that knowing that your the goal is to make money, to make a living. Absolutely. So this is no different. It's all about the, the realistic expectations that it's going to take a long time mm -hmm. and that it may not ever you know, I use a basketball analogy all the time for content creation because I get asked a lot about on the YouTube side from kids, like, you know, advice for starting a YouTube channel or, you know, how'd you get subs and views? And I always use like the basketball analogy, like anybody can pick up a basketball and dribble it, shoot it. You know, they might play on a, on a, a YMCA team or a club team. They might play for a school team, but only a select like 1% ever make it to, to the NBA, right? Mm -hmm. And then even of that percentage, that very small percentage that make it to the NBA, there's even a smaller percentage that actually become well-known that actually get to mm -hmm. play. There's, there's a lot of, you know, guys that play on professional sports teams that never actually get to play. Right. Yeah. They, they ride the bench. They're the second or third string. Um, but if their team wins, they get a, they get a ring, they get recognition, mm -hmm. you know, and they're still making a decent wage. So I, I use that analogy all the time just because that, that, that multifaceted um, approach is very similar to content creation. The difference though is, is there isn't a gatekeeper there that says, you know what? You're just not good enough to be a YouTuber. You're just not good enough to be, you know, a streamer. Yeah. You can indefinitely continue to pursue it and try. And that's where that realistic expectation comes into play is going like, I'm okay with this as good as it's going to get. And I think a lot of people get before they even get to that part, give up because they're like, it's not happening fast enough for them or, yeah. you know, they're not seeing the results that they thought they were going to. Um, they look at someone else and go, I'm doing the same thing they're doing. Why, why am I not getting the views or why am I not getting the follows or, or whatever? Yeah. And, um, I think like you said, I, you know, once you make a decision that this is a career path or a business, you kind of have to start to change the way that you look at things. Yeah. And again, as a, as someone who's been doing it for a while, like I have to check myself sometimes and be like, that's the, what I want to do, but this is probably what I should do. And yeah. I have to make those decisions. Um, even, even with my time, like where do I put my time now that I have multifacets of the business, like, all right, I got an hour where, what platform should I put putting my time into, you know, should I be working on stream stuff? Should I be maybe editing another video or working on a new thumbnail or, you know, should I be lining up my next podcast guest or whatever, like picking and choosing where you spend your time. So do yeah. you, do you typically, um, you know, you, you said you, uh, you're, you're up in the morning with your kids, then you do your streams. Now that you're on uh, Facebook, uh, are are you doing like two four hour blocks, or how are you dividing up your time for, for streaming now? So um, my requirements from Facebook is they want um, part of my deal with them is I'm required to hit 80 hours of streaming a month, um, which is it was kind of funny actually uh, when they said that, and my reaction was, oh okay, yeah, that's no problem, and they're like, really? I was like, yeah, it's it's no problem. I'm used to Twitch, right? I do 110, 120 hours in a in a month, and they're like, "Man, you're different than the than the YouTube streamers that we contact." I'm like, "How so?" And they're like, "Well, we tell we tell YouTube streamers we want 80 hours," and they're like, "Oh man, there's no, yeah, I'll try." <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was interesting. There's obviously reasons behind that because the algorithm stuff and upload the way that messes with your uploads. But uh, 
I just thought that was kind of funny. But anyways, yes, they require 80 hours a month, which for me has given me an opportunity to sort of let off the gas with streamer hours. And it's actually kind of a relief because with Facebook, it's not like Twitch. With Twitch, if you're live, your page is active. If you're not live, it's, it's dead air. There's nothing to do on your... There's no reason for someone to go to your page if you're not live. They're not going to see anything. I'm sure they could watch some clips, but they're not going to have any live interaction with anybody or anyone in your community. With the Facebook page, it's different. Um, so there's the live streaming act um, sort of uh, component to it. But there's also this my brand page that the streaming goes through. And they can follow it. They can comment there. They can interact with other people in the community. They can be a part of a supporters-only community that I have that's sort of a subset of that page. I can upload videos there like I would. I've now started to upload like highlight videos, uh, even vlog-style stuff from like my bungee trips to the Facebook page, which is new, fresh content. And so because of that, my streaming hours, um, the way that it works out day-to-day is uh, it's a little bit different than when I was on Twitch. So usually what happens is, uh, you know, I get up, uh, a little 6.30-ish in the morning, get the kids ready, get them out, to, out the door, uh, get my son to the bus stop. As soon as the bus picks him up and he, he's off, I go back to the house, come down to the studio. Usually, uh, I'll do some pre-editing stuff, uh, get a, a vision for what I want to edit later in the day. Then I go live. And I go live until maybe 3 in the afternoon. Uh, sometimes a little bit later, but usually around three. And then I have an opportunity to interact with some people on my page when I'm off stream, uh, do a little bit of community management stuff, and then go get my son from the bus stop at four o'clock and uh, and then get back to the grind later that night when everyone's in bed. And that's usually editing stuff. But yeah, it's I'm not in a set rhythm for where every day looks exactly the same yet. I think I might get to the point where there's more consistency in my schedule, but I'm still trying to figure it all out with the new transition. What's the best way to optimize my time and and invest? That's great. Yeah, I I can see that. You're still trying to feel it all out. I definitely have found success in a routine. Um, You know, I worked in corporate America for for many years and I liked the set, like, even though I was on salary, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I work seven to four or, you know, whatever, like these are my hours roughly. And then obviously some days I'd, I'd stay longer. Or I had to leave early or whatever, but I definitely mm-hmm. um, thrived in having a schedule and like living and dying by my calendar. I finally got my wife on board maybe about eight months ago where she's putting things on our, like, like our iPhone, like calendar. Right. Yeah. And yeah so my wife does that too. Yep. And so she, and, and we have a family one that the whole, all four of us share. So when she puts it on the calendar, it's on all four phones. Cause mm-hmm. my son is very much like, if he has in his head that this is what he's doing today. And we throw him a curveball, like, Oh, we're doing this today. He's like, what? like, it, like it ruins his day. Right. Like he's very much, yeah. you know, he's got that, that kind of uh, rhythm to himself. So like now, like he look, I like tell him Monday morning, pull out your phone, look at your calendar. So you know, ahead of time, like, okay, don't make plans for Thursday. Cause you've got this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, because he'll come home from school like, oh, I'm going to play Fortnite with Julio. And it's like, oh, we're going to Uncle Austin's house. He's like, what? <laughs> like, it, you know, like, ruins his night because <laughs> yeah. he made all these plans with his friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, yeah, so I, I'm definitely much of a, a, a routine person. And, and when I find success in a routine, I actually, you know, like, for example, I get up at six in the morning and I go for a walk. Right. And it's starting to get the, you know, sun's going down sooner and, and staying up later. So I'm, I might start to adjust that to maybe more, more 7 a.m. Because now it's like dark when I'm going for my walks. And it's yeah. you know, getting a little chilly, too. Um, I, I don't like talking about weather because everyone like, like, you shut up, Clint. You don't have cold weather. 
<laughs> we, have, we, have, we, have, we have hot weather, but we, we don't have, yeah, cold weather. It's still cold, though. Uh, so I go for my walks, and then I listen to some podcasts, and, and uh, you know, sometimes it's destiny stuff, sometimes it's inspirational, sometimes it's business, you know, sometimes it's just straight comedy. Come home, kids go off to school, eat some breakfast, kind of catch up on what's going on in the world of, like, you know, maybe destiny or what's going on mm-hmm. in gaming. And then I do my stream, and I same thing. I'm, you know, I go till about 3, 4 o'clock-ish. Uh, kids get home from school. Like I said, if I know that I've got some extra time, I might go long. Um, if, if the wife is going to be gone, the kids are going to be gone. But otherwise, it's the same. Yeah, get off. Kids come home from school. It's dinner. It's sports uh, right now because the kids are in sports. And then I've got my wife. My wife's an early, you know, early bird as well. So she goes to bed early. Got the same, like, three hours at night to kind of work on whatever. It just depends on how my day went. Cause sometimes I'm just like, I know I've got work to do, but I don't feel like doing any work. So like mm-hmm. my, my, my work at that point is like, like you said, like discord community management, or, you know, maybe like going through and replying to some emails that I, you know, been putting off or something like that. Sure. That sort of thing. Well, right on, man. It sounds like things are going very well and uh, we've got a, a bright future uh, ahead of us with, with, uh, with destiny and Bungie and all that. Yeah. Uh, have you been playing anything else uh, prior to, to Shadowkeep? Did, did you play Borderlands at all? or? Yeah, so I played Borderlands 3 quite a bit. Um, and I still do play it. It's one of my uh, offline games that I play with my buddies from college. We have a group of, of four. That's uh, My real tight-knit group of friends is me, my wife, and uh, uh, so I'll show the, ga- the gamer tags. Cherby and Clinically Lazy. Are, that's our four. And they're two of our buddies from college. and. Um, you know, we uh, we talk like every day in text messages, and we have an ongoing group text message. And um, yeah, so usually three nights a week, we all get together in Discord and we play a game together. It's usually Borderlands Three lately has been very popular, or uh, Sea of Thieves, a great piratey game, uh, very whimsical. And uh, even we even do some throwback stuff like Left for Dead One and Two. Um, Ghost Recon just came out and has some really fun uh, cooperative stuff to it as well. So, yeah, I, I play a, a fair number of games other than Destiny. Like you said, you have, you have, you have those off-stream, off-stream games where it's just no pressure, mm-hmm. just for funsies. Now, did your yeah. wife and you, and you go to college together? Yeah, so we met at college. Um, I knew who she was because I'm a coffee addict, and she worked at, um, she was a barista at the coffee shop on campus. And so... Um, yeah, I always thought she was pretty foxy and uh, never had the gumption to talk to her until uh, it was actually on my 20th birthday that uh, we had the first first class of a new semester. And uh, I, I'm a sit in the front kind of person when it comes to classes because I check out very easily. I have a wandering mind and uh, I know that if I don't sit in the front, I will get nothing out of it. I'll just be spaced now. and. I won't be engaged. So I'm always a sit in the front kind of person. So I, I was, I don't even remember why, but I was running late for some reason. And I'm, I'm very much against running late. I hate being late to stuff. So I come running into the class and I open the door and uh, everyone's already there and they've already started and there's two seats left. And one, I, I see the very first one I see is right up in front. And I'm thinking, okay, that's where I got to go. Cause that's my, that's my normal thing. Right. But then I see one other seat and it's in the very back, right next to this, cute barista from the coffee shop. And I was like, hold up, hold up. I just slid right in there and uh, made small talk. And uh, we got to know each other in class that semester. 
and uh, I asked her out three times before she before she let me take her on a date. And um, I found out that she was a uh, gamer. <clears throat> she grew up with two brothers. They played a lot of Halo. And uh, so that was like one of the very first things we did. Not the very, but one of the first things we ever did, just the two of us. I was like, do you want to come back to my dorm room and like play Halo? That's <laughs> She's awesome. like, yes. That is I was awesome. like, yes, I do. So while <laughs> most guys were bringing the girls back to the dorm room for something else, I was bringing her back for Halo. And uh, we... We sat on the couch in my dorm room, we played some Halo 3, and it was a good time. And I was like, just, I got to keep this one around. So That and is amazing. That was actually my next question. Is, cause you, you said you're playing games in their notebook. Was she always a gamer? So she, you met her. She was a gamer. Like You guys hit it off right she away. She made good coffee, and she played video games, and she was smoking hot. I was like, it's a perfect package. <laughs> like, Where's that ring? I get that ring now. Yeah, like, that's exactly right. Oh, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, my wife and I met in high school, and and not have anything in common like i it's, mm-hmm. it's we always joke that like we're opposites and yet we attract like it's that that cliche of like opposites attract like we yeah. we're opposites and somehow it just works mm-hmm. <laughs> we still don't figure out like what it is that keeps us at this point like obviously we've been together for over 20 years so it's 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 love and it's the kids and it's just like we're we're best friends even though we still don't like the same movies music I'm into video <laughs> games and like social. I'm an extrovert. She's an introvert. Like we are opposites through and through. Uh-huh. And yet it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're a perfect match. Cause like I said, I work all the time. She makes sure that I have lights and, and water and clean, you know, food and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So we, we, it works out pretty good. That's great. What is your, uh, what are your, what's your wife's whole thought on like, obviously you've been doing this for a while, but like the whole process of you becoming a content creator going full-time you've had a lot of opportunity a lot of times where you've made the decision to go all in on something obviously she's been supportive of that but like talk me through like how that works because you guys do have kids and she is still you know she works she has a job and all that so like how how does that conversation how does that work with you guys your relationship yeah it's certainly had its own challenges at at various times but um you know my wife surprises me and I guess I shouldn't be surprised anymore, but she surprises me pretty much daily with how supportive she is of the kind of work that I do. Um, and not just supportive, like, yeah, you go do it, but she's been a partner of mine with a lot of the decisions we've made, we've made together, uh, a lot of the directions with sort of my brand stuff uh, she has had influence on, uh, a lot of, like, the merchandise. Uh, like, she set up the whole merch store. She's really passionate. She's like, oh, yeah, let's do this. And, and she's like partnering with me. And so it's been a lot of fun. In fact, she has um, admin login information for a lot of my social media. And so there are times where, you know, she'll just holler at me from the other room. Like, did you see that so-and-so sent you a message? They want you to talk, you know? And so it's like, oh yeah, thanks, thanks. And she gives me these reminders to keep me engaged with people. Um, so yeah, she's not been like a background, yes, I endorse you doing this sort of person. She's been a partner and a teammate with mine throughout the whole journey. And uh, part of that is, you know, her, what she's passionate about, her education, et cetera, um, media communications and uh, marketing, brand management, stuff like that, uh, all things she's passionate about. So um, she has, she, she actually gets enjoyment out of being a part of this stuff. It's not just a uh, I understand that you have to do it, so I'll be okay with it sort of approach. So, in fact, for the raid race, <laughs> right, the the um, Garden of Salvation raid race, I was in that raid for 19 straight hours. And 
and uh, when it launched and my wife knew going into it you know we talked she's like i understand that you're going to be unavailable but it wasn't just uh it wasn't just that it wasn't like go do your thing and we'll be fine she actually she brought me water she brought me she stocked like the pantry with some snacks that would be healthy options for me to grab quickly on the fly that wouldn't require prep work like she was really proactive about it so very supportive throughout journey she she's been a teammate of mine not just a background do your own thing kind of thing that's awesome that's like the best thing anyone could ask for in our in our <laughs> situation for sure well, right Absolutely. on, man. I, uh, I appreciate your time. I appreciate, uh, like, like I said, a lot of times when I bring somebody on the podcast, like 99% of the time, it's my own curiosity. Like, I want to know how you do this and I want to know how that. So like mm-hmm. a lot of times it's just like, I want to pick your brain and this is a great opportunity to do it. But, um, where, do, do a quick, uh, do a quick plug. Where's the best places for people to find you on the internet? Yeah. So you can find, uh, my Facebook community at FB for Facebook, FB.GG slash the true Vanguard. Um, also on YouTube, it's just True Vanguard, Twitter, The True Vanguard, and uh, that's where you will find me most active. And all of those links will be uh, down in the description, of course, guys. As usual, you can click on that, check it out. Uh, what time do you normally? Uh, what, what time are you normally streaming these days? If you have, if through through a time out there. Normally, I'm live by nine nine thirty a.m. Eastern, uh, and I'll go through the afternoon, leading up to around three four o'clock. Right on. There you go, guys. If you're looking for dope uh guides and videos on youtube or a fantastic community to hang out with on facebook there's all the information thank you again man i really appreciate it and thanks uh, for having me on appreciate it i will see you i'll see you guys on the next one thanks for listening bye yo what up podcast it's clintus Uh, i just want to do a quick shout out to all my social and where you can find my content you may only know me for one thing or the other but i want to throw it all on the table for you so you know where to find it uh, youtube.com slash Clintus is my main YouTube account and what I'm most known for. I've been vlogging for over 13 years. Uh, youtube.com slash Clintus games is my gaming channel and where I do my gaming, uh, VOD content. Twitch.tv slash Clintus is where my live streaming content goes. I only stream on Twitch. So if you want to catch me live Monday through Friday at 10 AM Pacific standard time, uh, I do gaming content as well as IRL streams with a backpack that I can walk around and do some cool stuff with. Uh, Twitter.com slash Clintus is my main social platform. It's what I'm, uh, I read the most, what I respond to the most. So if you're looking for updates on the vlog, on the streams, on the podcast, uh, you can, you can read those. Uh, even if you don't have a Twitter account, you can go to Twitter.com slash Clintus and read the tweets. Uh, Instagram.com slash Clintus, Facebook.com slash Clintus TV. I've been uploading the vlogs to Facebook, so you can actually watch them right there and leave comments since YouTube has them disabled. Uh, and of course this podcast is located uh, at anchor.fm slash Clintus. Uh, you can leave a voice message right there on the app or on the website and be part of the podcast and be part of the show. Uh, of course, you can subscribe for free anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, iTunes, Android, Google, Spotify, that sort of thing. Uh, we have merch. If you go over to clintusmerch.com, you can check out our merch. We have some new stuff coming this summer, so stay tuned for that. Uh, and last but not least, I have a website. A lot of people don't know. I actually have a website that's in the development being worked on, and uh, it's going to be kind of the, the central hub, the one-stop shop for everything. Uh, and that is clint.us, C-L-I-N-T dot U-S, Clintus. Um, really easy to remember. Uh, you head on over there, you can uh, read up my history, uh, any updates, uh, our sponsors and partners, and that sort of thing. So uh, thanks so much for listening, and I will see you guys on the internet. I'm not going to
Yo, what up podcast? It's Clintus. Uh, I just want to do a quick shout out to all my social and where you can find my content. You may only know me for one thing or the other, but I want to throw it all on the table for you so you know where to find it. Uh, YouTube.com slash Clintus is my main YouTube account and what I'm most known for. I've been vlogging for over 13 years. Uh, YouTube.com slash Clintus Games is my gaming channel and where I do my gaming uh, VOD content. Twitch.tv slash Clintus is where my live streaming content goes. I only stream on Twitch. So if you want to catch me live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, I do gaming content as well as IRL streams with a backpack that I can walk around and do some cool stuff with. Uh, Twitter.com slash Clintus is my main social platform. It's what I'm, uh, I read the most, what I respond to the most. So if you're looking for updates on the vlog, on the streams, on the podcast, uh, you can you can read those. Uh, even if you don't have a Twitter account, you can go to twitter.com slash Clintus and read the tweets. Uh, Instagram.com slash Clintus. Facebook.com slash Clintus TV. I've been uploading the vlogs to Facebook, so you can actually watch them right there and leave comments since YouTube has them disabled. Uh, and of course, this podcast is located uh, at anchor.fm slash Clintus. Uh, you can leave a voice message right there on the app or on the website and be part of the podcast and be part of the show. Uh, of course, you can subscribe for free anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, iTunes, Android, Google, Spotify, that sort of thing. Uh, we have merch. If you go to, over to ClintusMerch.com, you can check out our merch. We have some new stuff coming this summer, so stay tuned for that. Uh, and last but not least, I have a website. A lot of people don't know. I actually have a website that's in the development being worked on, and uh, it's going to be kind of the, the central hub, the one-stop shop for everything. Uh, and that is Clint.us, C-L-I-N-T dot U-S, Clintus. Um, really easy to remember. Uh, you head on over there, you can uh, read up my history, uh, any updates, uh, our sponsors and partners and that sort of thing. So uh, thanks so much for listening and I will see you guys on the internet.